All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So we've been talking again earlier on the show today about crime in the city mm-hmm. of Vancouver, and there's a lot of disputes around the VPD. Do they exaggerate crime? Is crime going up or down? Should the Vancouver Police Department budget be cut? Now, there's a lot of concern around crime in the city, and it was interesting to see yesterday at Vancouver City Council, there was a motion by Councillor Melissa DiGenova mm-hmm. to install a network of closed-circuit TV cameras in some of these areas of the city to help the police deter crime and also to solve crimes that have happened. Voted down by city council. She was the only one who supported it. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's it's inevitable we're going to see more closed-circuit TV. Ironically, or coincidentally, you and I work in the most heavily photographed and filmed workplace in the entire province and that's the bc legislature we have i think 66 closed circuit uh cameras around the legislature and it's not just the legislature inner harbor as well yeah not received i'm not to my knowledge not a single complaint about the situation here there's the cameras are so uh strong and effective they can actually shoot from the bc legislature over the inner harbor to the bridge the johnson street bridge and you can see what people are wearing in terms of... Was that like running, about a mile shirt. away or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can, they can shoot across the harbor into Milestone's restaurant, uh, outdoor patio. You can see what people are eating for lunch. So that's just a fact of life around Victoria. And they can shoot the, inner, uh, the causeway in the inner harbor. And they've done, used it to basically um, ward off crimes or to catch criminals. Uh, but it's, it's not designed necessarily for that. It's just a surveillance system. But it's interesting... You know, London, England is the most heavily surveilled city in the world, uh, in the Western world. And I think it's inevitable you're going to see more of these closed circuit uh, uh, cameras be established, whether the council likes it or not. Okay, it was opposed by a large majority of city councillors, though, yesterday. Here is Vancouver City Councillor Christina Boyle with some of her concerns. Hearing significant concerns uh, about the way that CCTV um further criminalizes poverty and people already experiencing uh, various forms of marginalization. And there are certainly studies out there uh, that, that back up those concerns. You know, the fact is, though, there are still a lot of cameras out there anyway. Like most private stores have got exactly. security there's, cameras. There's a lot of security cameras out there. And the more incidents that come to uh, the public's attention, these random assaults, the more the public are going to be looking for these cameras to ensure that uh, there's a crackdown or, or a prevention. So, you know, I used to, a few years ago, for about 10 years, I chaired or, or emceed a, a massive private privacy and security conference in Victoria, which had yeah. uh, security experts from around the world, including from uh, high-level U.S. agencies. And the takeaway I got from going to those conferences year in and year out, you don't have any privacy. Uh, privacy is a thing of the past. There are so many ways. There are so many ways to uh, rein in on your privacy that it, it would take your mind, blow your mind away, of how your privacy is compromised. Whether it's on camera, whether it's through computers, whether it's through uh, your personal ID, uh, clinging on to this notion you're going to be off the grid is uh, is a bygone um, way of thinking. So I, 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 again, I think as your point is, so many businesses have their own cameras. 
I just think it's inevitable we're going to see more. The other thing to keep in mind is a lot of the most high-profile crimes that we've seen in the city of Vancouver that have been solved recently were solved because of, of cameras. Because of cameras, like the guy who was stabbed in the Tim Hortons, or the guy threw the guy down the stairs at, at the, the Sky at Train. The Sky Train. He's, the young he was wo- caught. The young woman who was pushed to the ground outside the Georgia Street Hotel. They caught. They and caught a suspect. Only a matter there. of time before they catch these Gucci uh, store okay. uh, owner. Um, Robbers. Let's talk about that now. This one is what a brazen robbery this is. So you see two guys go into the Gucci store mm-hmm. downtown in Vancouver and both both wearing masks. They pepper spray the security guard and then they ransack the Gucci store. Mm-hmm. Now the Vancouver Police Department yesterday released the video of that one. Here's let's have a listen here. This is a report from a global reporter Romina Dea. They ransacked the store. They took approximately $20,000 worth of store merchandise. A clean getaway, almost. Both suspects peeling off their disguises before they leave the scene. Clear images of their faces caught on surveillance camera. We are hoping by releasing this video today that members of the public will recognize who these men are and call us. Okay, it was interesting that... Not the smartest pair of thieves to take their their masks off before they get out of the camera range. Well, they had their masks on when they were ransacking the Gucci store, and then when they were getting away they're on the lamb, they, okay, I guess we can take our masks no, off now. The cameras well, are where you don't, you don't realize where the cameras are. It looked like maybe it was in a parking garage or something. There were some shots of them in a stairwell. Like, they got some good photos of these guys. They'll be caught. They'll, they'll, they'll be caught because catch. of the cameras. Yeah. And again, as more and more evident, evidence mounts that these these incidents and the perpetrators are caught because of cameras, public yeah. support for the cameras will go up. Not on Vancouver City Council, no, it's not. Well, Vancouver City Council doesn't necessarily reflect where the public opinion is. Very few people vote in municipal elections. Uh, the silent majority out there, I think there's support for, uh, again, closed-circuit uh, television monitors. And again, I go back to the B.C. legislature. Everyone who works at the legislature likes the fact there's that many cameras out here. It keeps people safe. Okay, well, we'll see what people have to say about it on the open line here in a, in a second. Speaking of the legislature, uh, it's interesting that the shortage of family doctors now becoming a dominant issue with mm-hmm. the with the liberals really putting the heat on government over this one. Now, here is the interim liberal leader, Shirley Bond, in the legislature yesterday. We all heard the story of a parent who had their sick child in their vehicle and they were driving around the lower mainland of British Columbia trying to get access to a medical appointment. Do you know where they ended up? In the emergency room. That is simply not good enough. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, this is a growing issue. Interesting, John Horgan, Premier John Horgan tweeted yesterday or this morning, um, 100,000 people arrived in BC last year without a family doctor, uh, which is true. But I think it shows, again, the government is feeling a bit bit of heat and on the defensive over this because as the population grows, the, the growth in family physicians simply isn't keeping pace in gross numbers. In the last four years, uh, the population went up you know, a couple hundred thousand, but the number of family doctors went up by about 600. Yeah. And it's interesting, Health Minister Adrian Dix is dropping broad hints that the solution to this, one, one part of the solution is to get rid of the fee-for-service payment model uh, for, for doctors, not just family doctors, just physicians right across the board. And it, they're in talks right now, the government's in talks with the doctors of BC for a new master agreement, is my understanding. And perhaps that's one of the things that's being hammered out here. Uh, the fee-for-service can lead to burnout amongst family doctors. It just almost incentivizes them to keep 
billing more and more and doing more and more and more as you make more and more money also to pay off your overhead. Uh, so family doctors basically have a, have a small business practice that's yeah. not just about medicine. It's about accounting, overhead costs, rent, staff, all those things that go into a family physician practice, and perhaps they're going to scrap the payment model. Would that result in more money going into the pockets of doctors then? Don't know. I mean, there's there's a number of, uh, there's a trade-off here. A lot of physicians want the salaried approach because it gives them a life. You don't have to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and perhaps in the trade-off is you may not make quite as much money, but you get a life. Uh, there's a lot of family doctors. We did a story here a couple weeks ago, family doctor here and a, a physician in White Rock who's just burning out because of uh, all the other factors that go into play rather than just treating patients for medical reasons. Uh, Keith Baldry is my guest. Lots of calls. Let's get right to them. James in White Rock. Hi, James. Hi, I just wanted to know, I'm under the understanding that right now for walk-in clinics, that doctors have a quota onto which they can get a maximum payout per day, which is 50 patients per day. Is that true? Because I've gone into walk-in clinics myself where they said they've already seen their maximum number of patients for the day and the doctor isn't seeing anybody else. Mm, that's not, well, um, I don't know the answer to that, quite frankly. I've been to walk-in clinics myself. Uh because uh, I can't get in to see my family doctor on short notice sometimes, but and it's been late in the day, and my understanding, there's probably been more than 50 patients there ahead of me, but um, I'll have to check into that. That's a good question. I mean, I see some references to that. I'm just doing a quick Google search on it, and I see some, I don't see that in a government website, but I think yeah. that is something to It may vary from to clinic check to clinic. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, when you, when you do have that pay-per-service model, you, you do have, like, you trying to churn as many patients through as you can, I guess. That, that's, one of, as as that's one of the things that can lead to burnout. Right, right. So, you know, you have some people just getting, and it's not, and it's not meeting their costs anyway, they, some, of them will, some of them will say. Well, yeah, and again, the fee-for-service means there's a lot of electronic paperwork involved in this. Yeah. A lot of things you can, yeah, right. some family doctors, you know, they, they, they finish the day, and then they go home and spend two or three hours on paperwork. Yeah. And because of the fee-for-service model. And it's interesting, uh, Minister Dix keeps talking about that in increasingly uh, frequent times, which means uh, something's up there. Chris in Port Coquitlam. Hi, Chris, go ahead. Hi. Uh, This is kind of like a two-part thing. Like, I grew up in Syria, had a really good family doctor, and, uh, you know, the problem was he got old and retired. And then since then, I've been looking for myself for a family doctor, but... uh, I know some doctors are uh, afraid to prescribe certain things. So, I mean, uh, they have their ethics, and it's just I haven't been able to find one that works for me because of conflicting interest, because of other patients and whatnot. So, But I don't usually hit the, the clinic. I'm one of those guys that usually hits the hospital when I really, really need to. What about, now, have you tried second, online? Have you tried online health? Oh, it, yeah, I'll do a walk-in clinic and online. I think those are great to see a doctor right over your telephone. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Interesting. One, one of the things... One of the things that came up in the House again yesterday, and the Green Party's been raising this, is the TELUS is taking over a couple of these clinics yeah, yeah. and attracting family doctors into their clinic yeah. away, away from family practice. And then you're invited to join this clinic at a price of $3,900 a year just for yourself. Yeah. For a family of four, it's about ten grand. And it's not just um, regular medical services. It's the the whole inclusion model. It's nutrition. It's physical fitness. It's all-inclusive healthcare. And Adrian Dix has said that he's referred this situation to the Medical Services Commission for investigation, whether or not this meets uh, the requirements of the law. That yeah, it's not private medicine. 
Yeah, well, and again, is it taking people out of family practice into these clinics under the guise of more inclusive health care? Uh, and yeah. some number of people have complained about it. Interesting. Chris and Langley. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, one of the reasons, uh, about 15 years ago, I lost my family doctor to retirement, and uh, and I had a tough time finding a doctor then. So this issue has been around long before the NDP. I'm not sure why they wear it. Uh, liberals had two terms on it. I also know back then I was told by doctor why a lot of doctors are shutting down the their practices is because it's such a huge workload, such a huge caseload, and mm-hmm. you can go into a clinic uh, at, uh, environment, work at a clinic, and you have more ability to leave, take vacations, take on a workload mm-hmm. that, that suits you. You're, you're usually often there's two or three or four doctors working any particular clinic, so you have that flexibility that they don't have with a practice. So the current, the model with, mm-hmm. the, with a private practice uh, isn't beneficial to them. And so they're, they're yeah. switching over. Yeah. So a couple of things there, the liberals, if you recall, under Christy Clark promised a family doctor for every British Columbia yes, within five years or something, yeah. which was a ridiculous promise that made. And now the liberals are trying to turn the tables on the NDP, which is fair game. Uh, but to, to Chris's point, yes, uh, that's why a lot of doctors go to clinics, clinics shut down at five o'clock or whatever they shut down and you go home. You don't have to sit around and do three hours of paperwork or electronic health records, which but, family know, that, doctors do. I think a caller raises a good point. Like quite often in BC politics, you and I have both been around a long, a long time. A lot of times it's like uh, deja vu all over again, yeah. and it's just the parties sort of switch places. So, you know, the liberals right now are basically saying, well, we couldn't solve this. How come you can't either? <laughs> you know, we, we, you exactly. know, we couldn't do it. Laura in Langley. Hi, Laura. Oh, hi there. Um, I just wanted to uh, touch on the security cameras. Um, I just don't get why people are worried about the privacy uh, problem. Um, I would rather have a picture of somebody who attacked my son, daughter, or husband Mm -hmm. than worry about somebody's privacy. I, I don't get it. Thank you. Yeah, I think increasingly, as we see more and more of these incidents come to light, we've run a number of videos on Global, uh, and the reaction we get from the public is overwhelmingly, like, let's catch these people. Yeah. And they support the use of these cameras to catch these people. So I think the public is uh, at a place where Vancouver City Council is not, and that is to have cameras to catch criminals. Let's go to Mike on the line in Vancouver. Hi, Mike, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that... Uh my family doctor, who I'd had for over 30 years, retired, and so I was worried that I wouldn't find another one. I was lucky to find another family doctor, but the agreement I had to answer with him was that if I used a walk-in clinic, he could drop me from his list. Wow. Uh, so, hmm. yeah. I okay, wish, thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Well, that's interesting that uh, that doctor would have that uh, policy. Interesting, I think... He was the third caller to say that their family doctor had retired recently. Yeah. And we're seeing this when you and I have talked about this before, Mike. Every profession right across the board pretty well is seeing mass retirements because of the baby boomers or the big bulge of society and demographics. They're retiring in increasingly large numbers, and we're just not keeping pace with replacing them. So it doesn't matter. It's family doctors. It's police officers. It's firemen. It's uh, just pick a profession. Yeah. Healthcare workers, for example, beyond just doctors, the healthcare technologists, for example, people on MRI machines and x-rays, they're retiring en masse as well, and we're not replacing them quick enough. Hey, thanks a lot. Talk tomorrow.